I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to share some things with you. I want to encourage you with a word that you are not called to a pew-sitting, regular form of Christianity. But God has called you to be released to do the work of the ministry. And I don't care if you don't feel qualified. I don't care if you are a preacher or not a preacher. You're called to express the love of Jesus to humanity, every single one of you. I had a dream not too long ago. God was showing me that I have been given a, uh, a gift to evangelize. And, and the Lord spoke to me, and he showed me a picture of churches. And he showed me one church that was a refuge to people. How many know that the church is a refuge? As we're praying today, we're asking, hey, if you're hurting, raise your hand because we want to love on you. Amen? And the Lord was showing me that, that that's a good model because we're called to be his house together. And people, when they come into the house of God, they experience him and, and they experience his love. You know, Jesus said, they're going to know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. And I saw this picture of people being added to the church. But it was just, you know, like one by one coming into this place of a refuge. And then the Lord says, but that's not all you're called to do. The reason that you're going to advance the kingdom and see great multiplication, I'm talking prophetically to our church, to Henderson, so let's get excited about this. He says, the reason is because you are sent. In other words, you're apostolic. It's, it's where we get the word sent. And I'm going to read you a scripture. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And I want to encourage you today that you are called to be a releaser and you are released, you're released to do what he's called you to do. And that means that you're qualified to win the lost. Did you hear what I said? You don't, you don't have to have some formula and know a sinner's prayer. You just demonstrate the love of God. And if it means, you know, inviting someone to a gathering, that's fine. But I just want to encourage you, you are called to be a releaser. And you're, you are released. You have favor and grace on you. We are in a, a, a move of God, the beginning, just the beginning of a move of God, where we are going to see great multiplication. We're going to see a harvest come in. And I believe that, that this word is going to enlighten you to what your inheritance is, that you are a son and a daughter of the living God. Shane was sharing something with me after first service, and we were talking about how it says, the Father sent me. You've heard us talk about how the foundation of Jesus' ministry was built on when he was baptized. It began, he was baptized by John the Baptist. But what happened? The Father spoke from heaven. He said, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. So the Father has commissioned you, and he wants you to know your sonship, not referring to gender. You need to understand that you're royalty. Worship team, when you're singing to the Lord, you need to understand your royalty. And your voice breaks the bonds of wickedness, according to, according to Psalm 149. Fetters of, I mean, the principalities and powers, demons shriek at the sound of your voice of praise. Your royalty. Don't sing like a pauper. Don't preach like a pauper. I'm talking about the, the poor mindset that we're not sons and daughters of the living God. No matter what you do, whether you work in the marketplace, you are royalty. You're a son of God. You have an inheritance. The Bible says that we're heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. Young people, you have an inheritance. 
your royalty. Most young girls always have the dream. I know my daughter Hannah, she's, how old is she now, four, six? Oh my gosh. I got a lot of kids, okay? Come on, somebody. And I keep adopting more, so I, I, can't, I don't even remember the birthdays. I'm just, happy birthday every day. Just, I get it right one of the days. My daughter's six. She's so beautiful. I, I did tell her, though, when she was turning four, that she can't turn five because I want her to be my little girl. And I said, we're still going to have a party, but you're going to stay four. And she started crying. I felt so bad. I'm like, honey, no, I was just kidding. I just meant I want you to be my little girl, my little princess. Every little girl's dream is to be daddy's princess. Daughters of God, you're his princess, you're royalty. Don't ever think different. Don't let the vanity of this world create approbate lust, young women, in you. Where you're fiending for attention when you've got the creator gazing at you all the time. You have an inheritance, you're royalty. Men of God, you're royalty. You need to prove yourself with ego and pride and all that stuff. You're royal. You're already his son. You're already significant. And you need to understand your inheritance. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. I want to share something the Lord showed me this week. Actually, a little bit last week and this week. But in Ephesians, Paul's writing to the church. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm just going to read a few verses. He's talking about the inheritance that we have. And he begins to explain what it is and how we can better understand our inheritance. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1, and then I'm going to be uh, quickly, I'm going to be closing. We're going to close with a song, and then we're going to uh, worship the Lord in our giving. We're going to take the offering at the end. But I want us to pray, and I want you to anticipate Uh, more of him just pouring into you. Man, the presence of God is just heavy in this place. If I fall over, um, Rochelle, come up and grab the mic, okay? And just maybe you'll fall over too. But It's so good to be in his presence. Verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, let's read together. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. It says we have obtained an inheritance. It's already been given to us. You have an inheritance. In the beginning, he he says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know that in, in the Spirit you're actually seated in heavenly places with him? I think it probably takes our whole life to just get little glimpses of what that actually means to him. That's a place of rulership, a place of dominion. That's a place of authority as sons and daughters of the living God. And we have to understand our inheritance. And there's something revealed in this text that we're going to look at, how the Holy Spirit helps us understand what our inheritance is. It says that we've been given an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that whom He... Uh, It says that when who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Just for a moment, I want to talk to you about that word sealed. Jesus used the same word when he said the Father has set his seal upon him. That is, that is a word that represents authority. 
that your God's approval is on you. Literally, his seal. God says, you're mine, and I approve of you. Now, one of the things is in the church, we can preach a thousand messages on evangelism. We can preach on complacency and bondage and, you know, pew sitters and all this stuff. But I believe that the foundation of what Jesus said from the very beginning when the disciples were all scared and they're fearing their lives, they're thinking the Jews are going to kill them because they were disciples of Jesus. And Jesus was raised from the dead and he walks through the walls and he literally says, peace to you. And then he says, as the Father sent me, I send you. And in the beginning, Jesus said, you're called to go. You're called to be sent. And many of us think that we're not qualified to go. We think, well, I can't preach, so I'm not called. No, it doesn't matter. You, have the, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You have the authority of God. Your prayers, God answers just like anyone else's prayers. When's the last time you prayed for somebody that was sick? Anyone pray for anyone that was sick in the last week? Few of you? Good. Did you see him get healed? Come on, somebody. Some lady got healed. Little AJ, Derek's son, she's, her foot was messed up, and he prayed over her. She got healed. She doesn't go to this church, but she came last Sunday to thank us. <laughs> she's like, I don't go to this church, but I got healed. I just wanted to thank you. I'm like, well, thank God. Go back to your church and bring some healing over there. Amen. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to look at this verse, and we're going to camp here for a minute, and then we're going to close. I want to describe to you three meanings of a word in verse 14 of Ephesians 1. Are you ready? Let's, let's read it together. If you can put it up there, Cassidy, that would be great. Ephesians 1, verse 14. Ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Let's read it one more time. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our, some of your Bibles might say he's the down payment. Now, I want to I explain to you um, what this means in the Greek. I'm going to give you some, some definitions through illustration in looking at the Greek word. One translation says he, he is like the signet. A signet is like a, it, sometimes it was a ring. It was something that was used by a king or royalty when they would, let's say they were writing a letter, and, and we're talking about the increase of his government by understanding our inheritance. That, that's what this message is about. That's what we're understanding here through the power of the Holy Spirit. So a king would write a letter. Let's say that a king was writing a letter to a city, and he's saying, you know, I'm going to restore this city because there's been, the enemy has come and, and wreak havoc. I'm going to bring some more of my rule and dominion, and I'm going to restore, and I'm going to do some things in the city. And so he would write a letter, and, and the people would be uh, looking at this letter, and they would understand that it was from the king by the signet, the seal, the authenticity that this letter was actually from the king. So one way to look at it is that God is saying the Holy Spirit is the, is the guarantee, the, the signet of the, the, the genuine validity that I am going to do what I said I'm going to do. Amen? But that's not really what it, it's talking about. If we dig a little bit deeper, I understand this this way because I used to be in the loan business that one translation said he's the down payment. How many know what a down payment is when you're buying a home? 
There's something that happens when you're buying a home. Yeah, let's buy homes. Amen, for the kingdom. There's something that happens where the realtor will say, okay, you need to put earnest money down on this house. And usually it's required by the seller. Now, it's one thing to put earnest money down and say, well, if, if it doesn't go through, then we'll get our earnest money back. Let's say I don't have financing for the home or I don't have enough money to buy it. But the seller wants, wants to know that the buyer is the real deal. And so what happens is, is not only do they require a down payment, but they sometimes want earnest money that is what's called hard. And what that means is, is that that earnest money is non-refundable. That's what that word means. In other words, the Holy Spirit is like a non-refundable deposit to help you understand your inheritance as God increases his kingdom in and through us. But that's not the best analogy for what it was talking about. So let me take you into the Greek, and the word inheritance, or the word, uh, the word there in verse 14, guarantee, is arabon in the Greek. Say arabon. You speak Greek now. I'm proud of you. Arabon. Now, let's say that I were in love with a woman 13 years ago named Rochelle. And, honey, I want you to come up here. And I might need your help, ladies, with this, but I want you to get this illustration so you can understand how the Holy Spirit's role in our life, in our commissioning, being sent by God. We have to understand the value of and what he represents to us. It's more than a down payment, and it's more than a seal on a letter. If I were to propose to Rochelle, let's say um, I walk up to her, and I'm, I'm, I'm in love with her. We're, we've been dating, right? We're in love. We're not alone together, though, because, you know, we don't believe in compromise, young people. Because when we're alone, we want to, like, kiss and stuff like that because God made that chemistry. But we're not alone together. We're good. We're, you know, we're right with God. And, and we don't even pray together that much because sometimes that creates, like, a bond that we don't even realize there's a spiritual bond that takes place. And we think, well, we're praying together, but maybe we're not even meant to be together. But because we're praying together, there's, like, this unity that maybe shouldn't happen because we're spirit beings. So we're, we're right with God. We're serving God. We have mentors. We listen to our youth pastors, and we're young, and we love each other. But I want to propose to her. And I ask her dad, of course, where's Lee at? Is he still here? No, he had to leave. I ask her dad, and I'm like, can I have her hand in marriage? And he says, I don't know, white boy. No. <laughs> he says, you can play the guitar. Okay, yeah, go ahead. And I come up, and I'm like, help me out now. Let me, am I doing this right? Let me, I mean, we see all the movies. There's so many ways to propose. But let, hey, girl, you want some of this? Is that, is that legit or no? Hey, hey, I love you, and I want you to be my bride. I choose you. I'm trying to cry because I love this woman. I choose you, and I make a covenant with you. So, Oh, wait, do I need to get on my knees? That, that, okay, help me out. Now, just tell me. I, I'm a guy. You know, guys need help. We can't shop very good. Well, some of us can. But um, Metro. Okay, so I'm on my knees. And, oh, a ring. So if I sit here and just, I need a ring. So I'm going to get a ring. Uh, look, it's shiny. Did you clean that this morning? How many know that? To ladies, it's significant, the size of the stone. Amen. I mean, now listen, sometimes a brother needs to save money. I didn't get my wife this until like our 10-year anniversary. So 
I had to be a good steward, and I gave to the Lord. He blessed me with a better job. Amen. Okay, I'm preaching all kinds of sermons in one. This is the overhaul sermon. <laughs> so I have this ring, and, and I'm down here, and I say, you know what this ring is? This ring is that Greek word, erabon. This ring represents the value that I'm placing on my bride that represents my, my love. When you do a wedding, the ring represents love. So I put it on your finger, and I say, will you marry me? That symbolizes that I want, I'm choosing you, and I'm going to follow through with my word. And in Greece, if you were to go and ask a lady, show me your erabon, she would show you her ring. And actually in the culture, what's interesting about it is it's non-refundable. In America, you know, a brother changes his mind. He'd be like, I want the ring back, girl. You can't do it there. You don't get the erabon back. God has invested the third person of the Trinity in you to fulfill the Great Commission. The stone in this ring that Jesus, the bridegroom, has sat and proposed to his bride through his death, burial, and resurrection, he says, he says, as the Father sent me, I send you. And then the next verse, in verse 21 of John chapter 20, he says, and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, verse 22. Receive the Holy Spirit. So he says, I'm sending you and I'm sending you in power. And he placed a ring on the bride of Christ's finger. Now, you may be single, you may be married, you may be a widow in this place. It's all applicable to you. Jesus himself. How many know he's a husband to the husbandless? How many know he's a father to the fatherless? There's something significant about this. And as we're praying for some of you today, I believe you need a revelation of your inheritance. I believe we all need a greater revelation, but it comes through. Now, Paul's writing to the church, and he's saying, you got to get this. This is your guarantee. This is your arabon of your inheritance so you understand it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. It's not just a down payment. It symbolizes everything. Amen. Would you give my wife a hand for helping me? I want to close in just one moment. I want you to, this is homework, okay? This is training. We're discipling. We're equipping the saints. I want you to read Ephesians chapter 1 this week. I believe that if you look at the prayer of Paul, he's actually telling them, I want God to open the eyes of your heart's understanding. I want you to know what your call is. I want you to know the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints is. I want you to know the exceeding greatness of his power that's to you who believe. He's telling them, it's not a, it's a big deal. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Read Ephesians 1 in context. And here's what I believe will happen. And I want to go after it this morning. We're going to close with a song and we're going to dismiss you. Worship team, would you come? Chris, would you come? I want the worship team to come right now. And I want to ask you to pray. And let's just open our hearts. And I want to pray that God would manifest his presence to you. But let him give you a revelation of your inheritance in him. That's simple. It becomes so much easier to be the man of God or woman of God or husband or father or sister, brother. It it becomes so easy when I just understand who has my back and I understand what he's given me. The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ has been given the precious Holy Spirit. Think about what God has invested in us to do what he's called us to do. There's going to be a great multiplication in our church as we advance the kingdom of God. Get ready.
And it's going to happen when you and I both do the work of the ministry through our inheritance and we become ones that are sent, not ones that sit. This week, I want to see, I'd like to see young people really step into this. They'll probably lead us in this. I'd like to see us all win at least one person of the Lord. Just win them. Just love them. Love the snot out of them. Literally. Just love them and then tell them, the reason I love you is because Jesus loves you. Win somebody. You don't need to know Romans Road. You don't need to know, oh, I got to lead them in a prayer. Call, ask somebody for help. Call a sister or brother. You know how they pray. They know the word. They know the Bible. Lead some people to Jesus this week. Be sent. God spoke to me and he said, I want you to infuse a spirit of evangelism in my people. We don't need more outreaches. We need more people to learn that they are an outreach. Hello? We don't need to just draw crowds and and throw some bait in the water and the fish come up and they swim around, right? We don't need that. We We need to become fishers of men. I think a lot of, the, of what we do sometimes is just we like to draw crowds, but God's like, no, no, one life at a time. Win one person this week. Be infused with his heart. Be infused and understand he's given you what you need to win the loss. One family at a time. One marriage at a time. One son or daughter. One orphan at a time. The one. I want us to stand together and we're going to pray. And I, just like we did early service, and then we're going to dismiss you and receive the offering. I want to open up the altars now. If you say, you know what, I want to know my inheritance. And as we sing, as we worship, we're praying greater glory. Lord, manifest your presence. The spirit and the bride say, come. I want you to lead us, Chris, if you would. And as we worship, allow him to just pour into you. The altars open, come.
Just let him fill you. Fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those of you that pray in the Holy Spirit, just begin to pray right now. Fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Get God's heart for his people. Get God's heart for the lost. Oh, the enemy is trembling at the harvest that's going to come in in this region. I'm telling you, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and then thousands and thousands and thousands have yet to come into the kingdom of God we're apostolic because we're sent in power we thank you for it in Jesus name I want you to seal it with praise come on right now hallelujah please be seated Marcia I want to just encourage you with something the enemy has tried and tried and tried to rob you your household your babies. No more. No more. This applies to you too. You are one of the greatest examples of an evangelist. For years, going into the inner cities and loving on the kids by herself. Just loving them. So anointed. So anointed. I went, when we first planted the church, I'm sitting on this 
this mat that she'd lay out for the little ones. And I just wanted to be there to hear you preach, really. I'm not kidding. I sat there and I'm like feeling the love of God just pouring out of Marsha, sitting next to these precious, precious little orphans. I mean, literally, some of them don't have dads. They, and they have parents, but they're not in their lives. One of these little girls tells me her name. I think her name was like, it was, uh, I think her name was Jewel or something. And her siblings all had a name after a gem. And God says, this is my treasure. But Marcia, you are an evangelist. And there are still thousands of souls <laughs> that are going to come into the kingdom of God through your ministry. And we're behind you. I'm with you. And I pray just life and fire and passion to be reignited and everything the enemy has tried to bring to Rob, no more. Your husband, your children, your daughters, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I want you to stretch your hands forward to my sister. No more. Your heart beats for the lost because you have his heart. And Lord, I just thank you for just renewing within her a steadfast spirit and every burden and every onslaught, every affliction gone and you're going to restore what the enemy has tried to take. Karen Blake would you please go over and lay hands on her please, I want you to prophesy what the Lord is telling you and Shane, Pastor Shane right now and Cameo too would just in the name of Jesus it. Just pray. Just pray. Saints, just reach your hands forward and just pray. we got to take time for this is what church is about. Hallelujah. Restoration. Restoration. Say, everyone here, just say that. Restoration. Restoration. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Marcia. We love you. We love your family. We love you, Marcia. Marcia, I want you to come lay hands on Cameo. Please. If, if you want to come to Cameo, just there's just love pouring out on both of you right now. Wow. You're not forgotten. We love you. We're with you. Destiny, the call, the gifts and call of God are without repentance. <laughs> Through the valley of weeping, Cameo, it'll be an oasis. Cling to the lover of your soul. Cling to Jesus more than you ever have in your life. The valley of weeping will become an oasis of his presence. It'll lead you to the road to Zion, the road to his heart, his presence, where nothing else matters. I speak peace to her now. Restoration in her heart. Every heart wound healed. Release the virtue, Rochelle, right now. Every heart wound healed right now. Joy. The season of joy is coming. Weeping will last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Wow. Look at that. God, you're so good. I just love your people, Lord. I just love your people. Oh. 
I just want to see them walk in their call, walk in their giftings, Lord. I want to see them fulfill their destiny. I love your people, Lord. Speak life to them. That's it. Just keep ministering to them. The saints, I want you to look at me while they're still praying. Look at me right now for just a moment. Can we lift our hands up as families, as individuals, as a church? Let's just say yes to his call. I'm telling you. Let's say yes. Let's just surrender everything for the cause of Jesus. I remember sitting in that inner city project, Al Landsman Garden, sitting here just next, hugging on these little treasures. God's treasure. God, give us your heart. We say yes. We say yes, God. We say yes to your kingdom coming, your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for what is to come. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Seal it with praise. Come on, seal it with praise.